Welcome to the AWPT Podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. So I have obviously a very special guest who's flown all the way to, <laughs> from LA, as you can tell by the accent. Um, Jill Coleman is a business coach, but she has had a very successful business in the fitness industry before that. So we're going to pick her brain. We're going to see how she has done this, who she's had to become to be this person who has had this very successful business and coming from a fitness space as well and to get, get some gold nuggets into, you know, how you can as well build your own like multiple six-figure, seven-figure business in the fitness industry as well. Because she's been doing this a long time. She's been <laughs> doing this from tw since 2012. So she's got a lot of experience under her belt. Um, so Jill, I wanted to ask you, like, when you first started, where were you, like, who were you, you know, and, and I'd love to just speak about, like, your journey over the years into how you've come to where you are now. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm super excited to be here and tell the story. It's funny, I started my online business in 2010 as a blogger, and that was when, like, people were reading, like, a ton of blogs, and so I just blogged every day, but I was a full-time personal trainer from the time I was 18, so I was working in the gym as a lot of coaches do, getting to the point where I was in complete scarcity, working a ton of time for money. At one point, I was working like 70 to 80 hours a week in the gym, teaching fitness classes, personal training, and I was working full-time at a university. And I was also doing figure competitions and doing fitness modeling at the time. Wow. And it was fine, like I loved, I loved seeing my body transform, but what I realized quickly was if I wanted Jill Fit to work as a business, especially as an online business, I really couldn't afford to, number one, be in the gym 70 hours a week, but also <laughs> spending as much time and energy as I was on my body. I was very body obsessed. I was very food obsessed. I was at the gym two, three times a day doing my own workouts on top of training clients. And what I realized quickly was if I wanted this online business to be successful, I had to figure out a way to automate that side of my life. And that was really hard. I was, you know, I did uh, magazine shoots. I was on covers of magazines. And for me, it was a lot of ego pursuits. And I assumed that if I looked the part and had the six pack and all that, that people would want to train with me. I didn't realize that I didn't know business. I thought if I was just a great personal trainer who had the top credential, that I would definitely be successful as a business owner. Totally different skill set. And so it was about 18 months into building Jill Fit uh, that I realized I needed to figure out how to scale this thing. I just literally took what I was doing at the gym and then started doing it online. I would get home from the gym at you know 10 o'clock at night, start writing programs for people, writing blogs until 1 a.m. I knew I couldn't sustain that. I will say as a caveat, I think when you're first getting started, there's probably going to be a period of time where you are going to be doing the most. I don't think you kind of get away from that right away. You know, I mean, you're obviously you're successful. I've been at this a long time. I think people could look at you, you're traveling the world and, uh, and things like that and be like, wow, it's like she has so much time freedom. I want that. Not realizing that you probably were doing like two, three jobs at one point to get to the point where you could leverage your time a little better. So I never want to skip over that part. The first 18 months of Jill Fit, I was doing full-time in the gym mm. and full-time online. And when I finally quit my full-time job, I wasn't making dollar for dollar at Jill Fit what I was making in person. So I think there's this, this uh, misconception that you have to wait until you're making dollar for dollar. It's like, mm. you might take a pay cut if you really want to make this online thing successful. And huge mindset shift in 2012. Figure instead of just being an in-person online trainer, I started like really leveraging different containers, group containers, DIY products. I created my first program that didn't require me to be like at the helm coaching someone yeah. in real time. And so that was the beginning of it. And at that point, people started asking me like, how are you doing what you're doing? And so I just started teaching the blogging model back in 2012. Of course, things have evolved so much since then, but it's been a fun journey. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things I was actually going to say is like, I think there actually has to be, and for most people, there is that period of like hustle. And, and that's probably the bit, and I hear it so much from my clients as well. That's probably the bit that actually creates that desire to create more time freedom. And, and going through that is, 
you know, it's like, it's knowing what you don't want, but it's also like a part of the journey. Like it's also a part of like knowing what you do want and desiring and knowing what you do and, and building from there and building like a really solid foundation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you said, like, 2012 that's when you started the group containers you started creating scalable offers it is like it pushes you to a point where it's like how can this be done better like I'm doing so well like I'm on you know 70 hours on the gym floor 70 80 hours but it it's tiring and it's exhausting and it's like you know you do actually have to create that skill set to become like an expert in your field first and you, you have to craft these skills but we were saying just off air before we started was that it gets to a point where you can be the best coach and you can know what you're talking about and you can like have this amazing business and all these things. But then it gets to a point where it's like, if you want to create real impact and like we can talk about money and like money is, you know, it can be related to impact, but impact's really what we want as personal trainers because that's what we got in to this for is like to help people. Um, To create impact, you need to be seen. And you need to have more people seeing you and you need to be able to have the confidence to market yourself and to really just like expand your network and even like the network of the people in your containers and things like that as well. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, can be really scary. So I work with a lot of beginners to business in their first like year or two. That's our big, we have an offer called fitness business accelerator and we have about 250 people go through that each year. And like, that's always some of the most surprising stuff to me is their fear of being seen Mm -hmm. and what are people going to think Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the audacity of putting themselves out there because up until this point, you know, as a coach, I'm saying, okay, we got to be posting like every single day on social. And meanwhile, up until that point, they've been posting like once every couple of months of their kids or something, you know? And so showing up in a complete and doing a 180, I feel like, and it's hard, I think because, younger people grew up so much more with the internet. I think it's like more uh, easy. I want to say quote unquote easy relatively to just be like, cool, this is what everyone does. Mm. So there's a culture around showcasing yourself. I work with a lot of like 40 year old moms who like have a couple of kids and this is their second career. Mm. And I love what you said about needing to get their reps somewhere first, because the people that I notice do the best they come in with a level of mastery mm. and a level of competency already So they have a show of evidence in their life that they've done something well. And so when they come online, they go, oh, well, I've already done it over here. Why couldn't I do it over here too? And that sort of, uh, that confidence sort of translates. I find the people who have the hardest time are the ones who maybe just got their certification like last month and they didn't have any reps in the gym and they have no confidence talking to people and being, and showing up because even if you're just a personal trainer in person, you still have to have a level of competency about you and, and conviction and Mm -hmm. confidence and show up in that, that way where you have authority. And if you can transfer that to the internet space and if you can't, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Well, it's like it's like that sense of entitlement right like if you've just gotten your certificate and you've just and it's like oh I need to be making like hundreds of thousands of dollars online in my first year kind of thing and it's like well actually like do you have evidence of results with clients like that's first first things first is like I think one thing that really stops coaches is like the confidence of actually having results and actually believing in your service like that is how you're going to build a business. I mean, you can definitely build a business if you don't actually believe in your product (laughs) and service. It's just not going to be very sustainable is the thing. And, you know, what you were saying about about people and the visibility, like, did you have that at the very start? Did you have that when you were blogging? Did you have that, that nervousness and that I didn't really because I was a competitor for six years. And so, you know, there's something about getting up on stage. Now I Mm. had like other sort of insecurities and self, I was very self-conscious about my body and needing to look a certain way. And I was definitely doing, fell into the trap of like the whole highlight reel thing. I'm only going to show myself when I'm in show shape. And Mm. I sort of fell into that trap early on. And I think when you come online, you have this feeling of like everything I say has to be correct. You know, I remember when I started blogging the first three months, I would be like looking at biochemistry books, like, you know, and like making sure that all my science was correct. It's taking me hours, if not days to write blogs. Yeah. And it was about three months into blogging and I I blogged every single day. So it was a lot of like recipes, workouts, stuff like that. But it was about three months in and I was just having a bad day. I was going through some stuff in my personal relationship and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to like show up and just like 
just talk about this struggle that I'm having and how I'm feeling. And that was the most well-received blog yeah. up until that point. And I was like, why the fuck have I been looking at all these biochemistry books all the time? <laughs> like, I can just show up as me. Yeah. And I felt validated that people wanted to see, like, the quote-unquote real me. We, we throw this word authenticity around quite a bit now. Mm. But back in 20, this is early 2011, like, no one was really talking about that. No one was really showing themselves. I remember the first time I shared myself drinking a glass of wine on on the internet in 2012 mm. and it was so vulnerable because I'm supposed to be this perfect fitness professional who does everything right and it's almost and, and so I think we've come a long way obviously with that so I never really had that and then you just make these small like that blog was you have these small moments in your career where you pull back the curtain a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and you start to see that it's safe to the point where your peep, you've come to find out that people are following you and your audience loves you because of those mm. imperfections and not because you're doing, I don't know about you, but like, I can't relate to someone who's like, here's all my perfect Tupperwares that I'm eating out of for like my <laughs> entire, you know, they show their fridge of like their meal prep and it's like, yeah. a, I don't know, maybe it's you do like that, that, but it's like 50 Tupperwares and I'm like, I would never, I just couldn't, that's just not me anymore, yeah. you know, so I wouldn't relate to that. I'd be like, that's great for you, but there's nothing relatable about that. Mm. And so... I think we do have to walk this fine line between being open and being honest and being vulnerable to who we are as a person while also having the authority to be someone who deserves to be listened to and to be hired. I love that. Like the human behind the business because we do get stuck in, in looking at, oh, that person has the perfect life and like all the things are going right and everything's happening and being vulnerable and showing that, no, like I'm a human and, you know, I do these things. I think it helps people realize that they can do it too as well like if if she can do that and she can do it this way and and do it all that like I definitely used to be like I guess show myself as being um you know very hard working but I have days off and like I like to show that now like I like to I have a, a day off in the middle of the week where it's just like I'm a little bit more disconnected from social media from like actually being in the business and working and things like that and it's really important to take that time as well to reset because it's only so sustainable to be able to like you know we were talking about hustle before is like you get to a point where it's like breakout and so I want to do this for a long, long time. So I want it to be sustainable to, for me and I want my business to be sustainable for me and work with my lifestyle, right? Like I don't want to be, you know, at the start we were saying you do have to work a little bit harder to uh, get the momentum going. But then over time, it's like just trusting in yourself and knowing that you're in it for the long run. And it, you know, I always relate these things because we work with a lot of fis fitness professionals. I like relating it to fitness you know if you were to train six seven days a week and not have any recovery you're not going to get further down the track so sometimes you have to take a step back and you were saying this before in that transition to in-person online there might be a point where you actually have to take a step back to take two steps forward yeah and that's I think there's a and I'm sure you've had this experience where especially if you come from the fitness industry there's a lot of scarcity in the fitness industry where it's mm. like gym owners are worried that that trainers are taking clients and trainers are worried the clients are leaving all the time and if you don't take this money from this client another trainer is going to take them and so I remember I was just chasing money for such a long time mm. and I had this moment when I was driving it was like Friday night at eight o'clock at night and I was driving across town like 20 minutes to train one client for fifteen dollars <laughs> and I was like what the fuck am I doing right now? Like yeah. literally I was like, how did I get here? Like, how is this my life? And I still was broke by the way, obviously. But it was like, I remember being like, how did I get to the point where I said this was okay? I was working yeah. weekends. I was working Friday night. My friends and family are out doing dinner, having like the weekend. And it was that moment that I vowed to start doing things differently. And yes, I think it, it looks like a step back, but really it's, it's two steps forward and I started making decisions based on time and not money. Mm. And when I started doing that, money compounded. So when I quit my full-time job that year after, I tripled my revenue because I had the time to then create things that leveraged. Yeah. This is really scary for someone who comes from potentially a fitness background where you are in scarcity a lot. And I loved what you said about, I kind of think about it like a marathon versus sprint. I think a lot of people, there's a difference between operating in scarcity and operating with intensity, right? So what yeah. you're describing is like, I want to operate with intensity. I want to do things that are deliberate. I want to make the right decisions. I want to have strategy behind everything I'm doing. But if I'm operating from 
a scarcity, a desperation, an anxiety, mm. that emotional hijack is going to make it so much easier to burn out faster. So when I see people give up, it's probably not because it's hard. They're giving up because they're so emotionally drained from the process because they can't manage their own expectations or they can't manage their own energy around it. So I love that you mentioned that like you need to have breaks and you need to build in some of these more strategic downtimes, even mm. if it's just a couple hours. I remember when I started making decisions based on after that moment, like I remember just being like, I have to take like weekends off and I felt weird because I could be working right there's people who want to oh it's uncomfortable it is especially yeah. if you're driven and ambitious but I love the way you said if you want to have a long career I've been doing this 12 years now which like is long in internet years yeah 100%. but like there's a lot of iterations or you become a different person with each different level of business and so and I, I recently went through one about two years ago as well you go through these transitions but you have to become a different person to get to that level a hundred percent and and I almost think like just going back to what we were talking about before there is a lot of scarcity and a lot of like insecurity in the fitness industry and I think that could almost drive like that insecurity almost drives that scarcity as well I think and with that, <laughs> I might get a, like a little bit of backlash or some people may not agree with this. I've said it before, but we get into fitness because there is that insecurity in the first place, right? Like it's like yep. if, if I can just control totally. my perception of how people see me or the perception of other people who see me, then, you know, everything okay and I don't have to be my real self. And, you know, we were speaking before about how you were vulnerable and you opened up and you spoke about like the human behind the business and the human behind Jillfin and who you had to become. So it's yep. just it's just so interesting how it's like it is almost like a journey of like we have to go through these things to, to know not what we want, like what we don't want and then to drive sort of more towards what we do want. And totally. so I, I would love that you said that about like body insecurity too, because I, maybe you've had this experience. I certainly did. If you don't ca take care of your own body shit, mm. it's going to just follow you into the business stuff, right? Oh. Like if you don't get right with like, I have value and like your own self-worth and your own like self-talk and all of that stuff within mm. the body space, it will literally just follow you. Now you're not making enough money. Now you don't have enough clients. Now yeah. you're not like making enough impact. You don't have enough followers. Like, there's always going to be lack in any area of your life, whether it's your relationships, your, I mean, it's, it just follows you. So you have to do the internal work of yeah. knowing that you're good. And I think one of the things that you mentioned way earlier in the podcast that, that I don't want to, I want to make sure people don't miss is I'm not a huge fan of like sitting in front of a mirror and being like, you're good enough. You're confident. You're a good person. <laughs> like affirmations are fine. Yeah. But what you said earlier, which is you have to get the reps to know that you're mm. good. One of the things that Shantae says, the movement meister who both of us know, she always says, if you feel like you have imposter syndrome, it might be because you do and you are not good. I so. was literally <laughs> just about to say the same thing. Yeah. Like I was literally just about to say that. Yeah, she's like, it's you might have it because you might have it and it's okay. Yeah. But realize that you don't have to fake it. You don't have to be like, I'm amazing. You can literally just say, hey, I'm not really good at this yet. Let me go get some reps. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially I would say marketing ruins everything, even though I am a marketer, I feel like people are jumping into the online space now and immediately thinking they should have be doing 10K months. And I'm like, but no mm. one knows you and mm. you don't, and you're not good yet. And you don't, haven't built a brand quite yet. Mm. And it's okay. That stuff takes time. Mm. So the better you can manage your own expectations about the process, the longer the career and the more lucrative career you have. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like she said the exact thing I was yeah. about to say is like there there can be truth to imposter syndrome. Like if you feel like, you know, you're not good enough and you can't compartmentalize, like you were saying, your body image issues are gonna totally. follow you into business and are gonna follow you into your relationships. Yep. It's going to it's going to flow across all different parts of your life. So, you know, if you're starting out like it is amazing time for you because, you know, do you want to build a bit you can build a business off scarcity but do you want to like you're gonna get to 100k months you know 100k like whatever and you're still gonna be like this is enough this isn't enough I'm not good enough there's still going to be that mind chatter so totally. doing that from the get-go like getting the mindset right from the start is one of the best things that you can do and I think like with so much more information out there these days like on online we are so lucky to be able to have access to people like yourself where, 
you know, you've gone through the hard thing. So hopefully, you know, people don't have to go through as hard of a time it was to build that and, and can move through it a lot quicker because, you know, if you don't have the help and the support to move through it quicker, it, it can take years. Like it can take, it can take it longer. It can take a long time. And also, you know, there's a, a lot of talk right now around, the space is becoming so saturated and, mm. you know, which is true. There, there are way more online coaches now than there ever have been. And it was definitely accelerated by the pandemic, but there's also way more potential clients than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that it's a saturated market. It's a sophisticated market, mm. which means that as a professional, you need to be better, you know? And to me, I love this. I'm like, I'm just like, let's go. Like let's, there's opportunity there for someone who really wants to make it work. I used to think, and I think this was the truth in 2010, 2011, 2012, when I was getting started, I used to think anyone could do this. And now I just don't think that's the truth. And by the way, that it's not a better or worse thing. It's not like, oh, some people are good and some people aren't. It's because there is a level of uncertainty that you have to be okay with. Mm. And I wonder if you would agree with this. Yes, you have to have the skills. You need to know how to market and message and brand and, and do all the business skills. Mm. But you also have to have the mindset yeah. because – it will test you, right? All of your limiting beliefs, all of your self, you know, all of your insecurities are going to come out as a result of this process. And so, and it's hard because you can't teach it, right? You have to throw yourself into the lion's den and figure it out. That's why I always tell people like you're, but recognize, have the self-awareness to go, yes, I'm being emotionally hijacked by this, or I'm catastrophizing 10 steps down the road or, and you have to be able to sit with problems because there's never not going to be problems. There just isn't like you have different problems, I always tell my, my students, like, take enough massive action to earn yourself new problems, like better problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so at the end of the day, you are a solution-based professional. I always say that you can see something as a pain or you can see it as a puzzle. And you really have to figure out, okay, do I have the temperament for this? And not everyone does. And not everyone has to, by the way. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. Some people, like when they're like, I really want to – look, if you're having – if you're struggling to – follow your passion every second, then maybe it's not really your passion. And that's okay too. Like go get a job and have value there and find something else. Not everyone needs to do this. So if you feel like you're constantly trying, like every day is a struggle. Yeah. There's some days that are tough, but if every single day is a struggle in your Mm. business, it might not be for you. And that's okay too. Yeah. And, and even with that, even on that note, that's still self-awareness. It's still having that self-awareness that maybe this isn't the path that you like want to take but you don't have to like not everybody has to like if you love like there's this trainer who has been at my local like I go back like every so often to my local fitness first and he's been there ever since I started and he's just there every single day training clients like all all the time and he's just like he loves it like he loved like he dipped into the online space for a little bit and he's like no I just love loving parishion people yeah yeah and that's completely fine and and he loves his life and you know he has properties and he's just worked really really hard but there was no desire to to have that you know that extra time freedom or the extra let's just say stress of like (laughs) running your own business but it does definitely take someone who is okay with holding uncertainty and holding risk a as well risk for t- sure yeah yeah no it. and that's the thing is uh, like you said self-awareness really is the big key and look at yourself it's not that you won't have moments where you're sort of struggling through stuff I'm, I'm interested in your take on like the pandemic pandemic mm. completely changed our business at Jill Fit because trainers and coaches were like scrambling to find out how to do online business so my business blew up mm, mm-hmm. and it was and I hate to say it because 2020 was like such a bad year for for so many people but yeah. for fitness business online fitness business yeah. I mean, you couldn't even buy equipment at, you know, like anywhere online because people are working at home and Peloton and all these online solutions blew up. But also I wasn't equipped. I didn't have the infrastructure Mm. at the time. So I just started taking on -on one-on-one clients and I was Mm. on Zoom like eight hours a day, most days of the week. And I was like, uh, why I'm back at the gym, yeah, like, yeah, I'm literally exactly. back at the gym except it's yeah. my desk. And so yeah. that was when early 2020, I vowed to do the things differently. I hired a team. I completely scaled the business because I was like, I can't do it. So it's the self-awareness of knowing like, do I want to take the next step and am I capable of it? And so you're always evaluating that, you know, it was, everything was fine until then it wasn't. Mm. And so noticing what inputs are coming in 
if I'm struggling with this, I don't know, like I don't like team or I'm not a good manager or um, I don't want to do what it takes to invest. You know, when I started, there was very low overhead. You don't have to spend that much money on anything. It was like, are you kidding me? 95% profit. Mm. And now it's like, yeah, we have more ad costs. You have more software costs. And if you're someone who is operating in scarcity and you see yeah. it as spending money yeah. versus investing in a business that's going, I mean, I mean, you're kidding me still. We're at like, we are at about 60% profit at Jill Fit, And that's still like massive compared to a brick and mortar or yeah. the margins on anything, any other kind of business. But you have to be okay with that. A lot more money goes out the door now. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I love what you said just before about like, you know, being an entrepreneur, it is pivoting, right? It is, is being innovative. And 2020, we had to see a lot of innovation. Otherwise, you know, the things didn't go well. And, you know, the pandemic did really well for me as well. Like coaches and personal trainers were not in the gym. So what did they do with their time? Let's upskill yep. so that when we yep. go back, we can do better when we go back. Yep. And so it was, again, like... I don't want to say luck because it's also like and I, I saw an opportunity, I took action, I saw an opportunity in the space of women's health and fitness, which wasn't really a huge thing as well. And it's just, you know, it has gone from there in terms of like I have invested a lot since then as well, like hiring yeah. a team, like, you know, like investing in myself as well totally. because the person that you need to become is very different from – you know, I was doing one-to-one online coaching and, you know, you said you, you went back to like your desk is the gym, like, but what you do is you took action and you course corrected and it's not going to be perfect. Like you can, you can spend a whole year setting up the backend systems and doing all that, or you can just do it and course correct as you go because movement, some movement is better than just no movement and well and also you have to throw yourself into the ring right like you don't mm. know what's going to work until you start getting more reps in that yeah. area so if we had waited until we were like until everything was perfect ducks all in a row take action that could have been wrong too mm. you know so it's you have to practice so putting ourselves out there so some of the big pivots we did was we went from like a two-person executive team to like now we have eight people on our team full-time and then we started really just like scaling our paid traffic I also invested in a mentor who I'm still this is my third year with him who like had the business that I wanted. I mean, mm. I talked to him, he's like, I work one hour a day. And I was like, that's what I want. Yeah. Like, but you know, he has a machine and you and I were talking about this before we turned on the mic. He has a machine that runs. It's not him at the helm every second. Yeah. And for a long time, I loved the idea of solopreneurship. I was like, cool, it's a lean business. I can go to Australia for three weeks. No one bothers me, right? I don't have yeah. meetings on my schedule. But I was missing a key part that if you hire a team that's enrolled in your vision and is actually competent and has their zone of genius, it allows for you to not actually to have more time freedom to have mm. more uh, and, and make a bigger impact. And so not only we, we increased our revenue 70 percent in 2021 um, and are on on task to do that again this year, but it's like, it's, but it requires a different skill set. I had to become a better manager. I had to become a better leader. And that shit was messy sometimes, yeah. you know? So you have to trust, just like we were talking about earlier, that trust translates. I don't know about you. Did you ever play sports as oh, a kid? I, growing up every sport yeah, under the sun. I think yeah. we, uh, the, the maestro and I always talk about that. I think people who played sports have a resiliency that maybe some other people don't because yeah. like, and they have a self-trust too. Mm. They're like, cause you can work your ass off and still get your ass beat in the game, you know, yeah. but you have a resiliency, you have a level of self-trust and confidence that instilled in you yeah. from high level sports and it translates in. So while I've never done this one thing over here, I've never hired a team or I've never done this thing. I'm like, I can figure it out. Right. Yeah. Like it's not gonna be pretty, but I'm okay with imperfection in the name of getting it better. Yeah. And so I think if you, it, it can't, you can't have a really fraudulent approach, right? You have to be like, I got this. And even if I don't, I trust myself to figure it out. Yeah. A hundred percent. Let's talk about, I'd love to hear like your take on becoming a manager and becoming like a, a leader of working with the team and working with people because you actually do need a part of that for being a personal trainer and a coach because you're working with people like we were speaking about this as well before off air it was like you can have the best program you can be the best coach you can you know know everything about training and nutrition and all that but if you don't know people and you don't know how to work with people and to connect with people and build relationships and things like that 
you know, especially online because it's a lot harder to build relationships online is like that is such a huge component. We're working with like different people, different nervous systems, different personalities, all these types of thing. So how has that journey been for you and how did you like what did you do? Did you step into that? Like was that natural for you or did you have to did you read? Did you did your mentor help you? How did you become like this leader of this team and and managing all these different people Mm -hmm. yeah I always had the so my uh, my mentor is James Wedmore and he has he said when we first started working together first of all he'd been doing this longer than I have he's worked with thousands of businesses he had the business model I wanted so all the things that need to be in place like for when you're looking at a mentor and he said that the hardest thing he ever did was build his team and I really resonated with that. I was lucky that I had a full-time BA. Mm. So she was already full-time with me. She like literally does everything in the business, the complete opposite of me in terms of she's very detail-oriented, meticulous. <laughs> it's just the same like, as my BA. She's yeah. a unicorn, right? Exactly, It's yeah. the best thing ever. Right, she loves to-do lists and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I am so like mm. not a detail-oriented mm-hmm. person. And so like luckily she's been with me since 2014. It was just the two of us. And I don't know if you've read the book um, Rocket Fuel, or Traction by Gino Wickman. He has two books. Anyway, that's the model that we use at Jill Fit. And essentially, that there's sort of two people at the at the head of the business. There's the visionary and the integrator. Mm-hmm. And if you're a solopreneur, chances are you're doing both of those things, mm-hmm. right? When you're getting started, right? You're being yeah. the coach, the content creator, the growth person. You're also being the admin, and you're taking care of the, you know, just the legal stuff, and I don't know, all that kind of stuff. And so. I hi- my first hire after um, 2021 was an integrator. And you if you go on like Indeed.com or Upwork or looking for someone, you're probably not going to find that word in there. But it'd probably be the closest thing to like a project manager or an oper- head of operations, something like that. Yeah. And so the idea behind that is that when you have someone sort of coming behind you who can enroll your vision. So I say, hey, this is where we're going. This is mm. what we're doing this year. This is where we're headed. These are our goals. Here's our five-year vision, whatever. And then they come and they make it happen. So they do everything in the business from like the sales page, the landing pages, the, you know, all the email sequences. Like it's at the point now where like sometimes I don't even know how to work our own software, like stuff like that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right. And so, but it's different. And this is where James really helped me because I'd worked with a lot of contractors before designers and VA, you know, um, AV people, stuff like that. It's not, if you're building a team, it's not the same as having a bunch of to-do lists. And being like, you do this, you do this, you do this, and giving people to-do lists because that still requires you. If you're building a team of people who are enrolled in the vision of where Mm. we're going, they take a lot more initiative, right? So, like, there's things that I don't even think of that my team comes to me and like, I love that so much. Yeah, they're like, we already thought of this. Are we already implemented this? And so that's a totally different feel Mm. than you just being up here giving people task lists. You know, because I think a lot of us fall into that where we're just like, because we, we still have that control, right? We still like want to hang on to that control. Yeah. But in 2020, when when the business blew up, I was I was like, anyone could take anything. Any sort of control, like nature just went out the window. I was like, yeah. anyone want to take any of this stuff? And so I got over my controlling tendencies really quickly. Now, I think we have this as solopreneurs, especially if we're driven or business owners, especially if you have an elite level fit. It's like, you're driven, you're ambitious you sometimes worry that people can't do it as well as you or you're like, well, they're not going to care as much about the business. And I think that that's a mistake. I think there's a lot of people who actually can do what you need even better than you can, Mm. but you need to trust that they're out there. And you also have to be okay with giving them some wiggle room to mess up. Now, we've definitely had things where like links are broken in emails and things go at the wrong time or whatever. But the key for us in growing the successful business, and I would say we're like 80% there. We're not 100% there. This is two years in, mm. um, is honest and open communication. Like, 100%. that's it. Like, we, we have honest conversations. I've had hard conversations with everyone on my team, but they feel safe bringing things to me, right? Mm. So, like, if something is does get messed up or whatever, we have a conversation about it, and they feel safe knowing they're not going to get fired right that second, right? And also, you have to remember your business isn't that fragile, right? A, a wrong link goes out. It's not like yeah. the end of the world, right? Oh, we have a refund request. Oh, my God, the business is about to explode. It's like yeah. this stuff happens. And so when you have the perspective of like the business isn't that fragile, nothing small like this can bring it down, you're much more able to give people on your team the freedom yeah. to really uh, 
grow within yeah. the business, right? And so one thing for me, especially as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure it's the same for you, I want my team members to feel like they have a say in how we do. So we do a, a like a compensation model where everyone's on a salary, but then there's also um, – uh, like bonus structures in place, right? Yeah. So based on how launches do or based on there's an opportunity. So I don't actually give promotions in the business. I tell people they have to take them. So I'm like, if you want to, if you want more money, then you have to learn a new skill. Mm. You have like our programs are business programs. So if you want to go and learn copywriting, awesome. There's a court. We have a course for that. Go in, learn copywriting and then take a stab at the sales page and bring it to me. And then you can now, okay, now you can take on the copywriting as well. Give yourself promotions. So I don't like just give them extra money for extra money's sake. Are you helping to make the entire pie bigger so that your slice is bigger? And so a lot of this stuff is soft skills, right? But like, I think a lot of it came naturally because if you have an online personal brand or you've been a trainer, like you're a natural leader, whether or not you want to be, but it's really just the communication piece and the incentivizing and making sure that they feel fulfilled in their roles as well Mm. so that we all can work to make the pie bigger. Yeah, because we were speaking about before, like not everyone is going to be that visionary. Not everyone is going to have like the big vision and, you know, it, it may surprise some people to hear like both of us were like, we're not like detailed people. Like I don't, I don't (laughs) like having a set schedule. Like I want to be able to like move things around and have that flexibility. Like that's why we got into this in the first place. And I think, you know, one thing as well is that I see is people freak out. Like at the, like when you first have that space, like when you first take that time off there, there is that like, guilt or whatever it is when you first step away and it's like being comfortable with that because when you do take that step back and you're not so like in it allows creativity to flow it allows ideas to flow this is when you can innovate because you actually have that space and you know it's so important I love what you're saying about your team is like you're actually giving them the responsibility for their own upskilling it's not like they're not at the helm of like if I do all this, if I do all this, then, you know, I'm going to get a certain place. It's like, well, actually, what do you want to do? Like giving them the option of like, yep. you know, how much do you want to make? Like how much do you want to upskill? I, I freaking love like, yeah, like and it's such you know, a great it's, model. It, and it's subtle stuff too, right? You know, I think they have to have the room to mess up. They have to, whenever they do bring something to me that feels vulnerable for them to bring to me, I don't immediately shoot it down, mm. right? I, I mean, of course, I'm always going to admit that the, the end decision will always be my decision, but I'm never mm. going to shoot it down if they have ideas, right? Like, so there has to be, it's like soft skills. It's going back to just mm. being a normal human being and, and just not having a complex about like, it's my way, the highway. It's like, listen to your team. It may or may not be, and it's interesting because we did our first team retreat this year. And it was so great because everyone on the team was like, this is the first time that I feel like I've had like a seat at the table in a company. It's usually like I never have a seat at the table and everyone felt like their ideas were heard. And that's going to, to me, especially because I need my work to mean something. Mm. I know that they, they yeah, need their yeah, work to I've mean a something. Purpose, Otherwise, yeah. why would they stay? Right. They've actually shown in research that people care more about the, the feeling of purpose in their job than they do about the fucking money. So at the end of the day, like that's important to me too, is do they have creative outlets within their job? Yeah. Of course there's things that just need to get done. We all have stuff like that, but Mm. do they feel like there's ways that they're growing personally, professionally within the job itself too? And I don't know how you teach that. You just like, you need to have conversations. You need to be open. You need to check your own emotional space. I'm very, um, what's the word? Like aware of how my energy affects the team always so if we have a launch that's like kind of going sideways or a launch like not hitting our numbers I'm not freaking out Mm. I'm not bringing it to the team I'm not messaging them being like what's happening like Mm. because that's the energy they're gonna take on right and I don't want that that makes it terrible for all of us we're gonna execute what we planned and then we'll debrief after cool why did that happen what do you think you know where do we where do we think we went wrong where can we do better next time it does no one any favors for me to completely freak out. And that's part of being a leader's level headedness Mm -hmm. and checking yourself emotionally. And that's not always easy. So, but you wouldn't know unless you start doing that and start recognizing yourself because the emotion doesn't make it better. Emotion's not a solution. And so it's a lot of just, like you said, mindset work. It's a lot of self-awareness work. It's a lot of introspection. Well, we were talking about before how, you know, these pieces of your life leak into one another, you can't compartmentalize. So like 
that that what you were talking about that anxiousness like anxious attachment like you can have an anxious attachment to another person in your relationship or like you know looking at even like your caregivers your parents like going back to that is like if you have that anxious attachment that's going to play out in your business as well and so what happens when you do get anxious it's like that needy desperate kind of energy and people feel that like you know you need to be solid in yourself as a leader and to lead your business and especially to lead a team they're going to feel that like you said before and it's like how can we just be more regulated human beings like in all parts of our life right like you know being a coach and a personal trainer like you know the seasons of business can you hold yourself in the ebbs and the flows of business because it does ebb and flow but if you're freaking out when you're you know it's a low month or whatever like you're not going to be able to hold the high month because you're going to go the high month and you're going to be like how can I do that again like how can I do that again and that's like just staying regulated through the ups and the downs is one of the most important things you can do as as a human you know and James says that the business will only grow to the level of problems you can handle right so if you're a beginner and you're just getting online and you're brand new to this and you're every every day is an emotional hijack Mm. how are you going to ever handle advanced problems if you can't handle beginner Mm. problems Mm -hmm. right and so it comes down to the stuff we're talking about the solution isn't another strategy another tool another funnel another coach right the the solution is you and figuring out okay i all the stuff we're talking about this podcast expectation management managing you know your own energy because you want to see this as a marathon on a sprint um realizing it's going to take time realizing it's going to take reps right Mm. all of this sort of expectation management stuff so I, I, t- I teach this in terms of what I call failure expectation. There's two types of people, either those who are like d- expect it to be smooth sailing, everything's going to be easy, it's going to be A plus B equals C, completely yeah. linear. And when they run up on an obstacle, inevitably, right, they crumble. Yeah. And then the second type of person goes, I know this is going to be hard. I know things are going to go sideways. I know at some point I'm going to run up on an obstacle. So that when it does show up, they're like, oh, here it is. How do I get around this? And they're ready to pivot. Yeah. And so you have to ask yourself, what kind of person am I? And if you're highly emotional and get emotionally hijacked very easily, then this might not be, you know, or you have to do a lot of self-work. A lot of work. To get yeah. to the point. Yeah. yeah. And and taking that personal responsibility for that as well. Because oftentimes it's like... It's easy to blame and complain, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's easy to blame like things outside of you as well. But looking at yourself is like... Because you... Like that's really the only thing that you can control. Like you can't control like... <laughs> like no one knew the pandemic was coming you can't control like the global landscape you can't control you know people and and what they're doing and whether they're buying or whatever but you can stay you through all of it and and how you manage that is ultimately going to determine like number one like your staying power in your business like you're not gonna give up on a launch just because people didn't buy straight away there's that sense of entitlement again it's like oh, I'm just gonna put this out and like people should just know to buy it and how great it is it's like <laughs> no like no skills like no business skills yet yeah yeah, and, and like you were saying before, making people feel safe, making them feel seen, heard, like, you know, really getting into, and I've said this before, is like really getting into like the psychology of your client, who your client is, what their fears are, what their desires are. And oftentimes, like when as personal trainers, it, sometimes it is us. And so it's also looking at like, you know, you might have transcended something. You might have transcended your insecurities. You might have transcended um, the all or nothing approach, whatever it kind of is. Well, make sure you've transcended that all or nothing approach when you're getting into business. If, if that's what you were like, you know, yes. in your in the start of your, your fitness journey, because, you know, we know <laughs> where that leads. Um, because you know ultimately that's going to to determine like the outcome is like you know how are you being through your launches how are you being in your business day to day when things are going well when things are not going so well when a client is defaulting or a client's not getting results like yeah it's so true and I'm glad you brought that up because I've had several moments like that in my career uh one was like about a year and a half in we were doing online one-on-one training and I had five coaches, all of their rosters were maxed out. So that's when we started scaling the business and leveraging. But I remember we had this one client and she texted one of our coaches like 73 times on a Sunday. Oh dear. It was like a Sunday. 73. 
And so, you know, at first I'm like, I'm a new business owner. So the first thing I think of is like, is this chick crazy? Like, what is she doing? Like, and so I started blaming the client. Mm. I started blaming her and I'm like, does she just not know this isn't okay? And like, I started just kind of talking shit. And then I was like, oh, this is our fault. This is my fault. I've enabled this. Mm-hmm. I didn't set expectations. Mm-hmm. I don't have any boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I made her so dependent on the coach that she can't literally live without talking yeah. to someone. So that was a moment where I was like, oh, this is on me. It's so easy as a business owner to blame your clients. Oh, this client's crazy. Oh, this client doesn't you know, uh, respect my boundaries. Yeah. Oh, this client just wants it's their money back. Why. This is a high maintenance client. Sure. Like you don't have to work with every single client if you don't want to. But you have to look at if you're constantly complaining about your clients, it might be you and how you're interacting with them. Same exact thing with team, right? So if you're constantly complaining about your team member, this person didn't do this. They sent out the wrong link. Mm. Who's the common denominator, right? And so if you can take absolute 100% radical responsibility for everything happening in your business at all times, you're gonna, there's going to be moments where you're like, you're going to want to blame that person. Yeah, they sent out the wrong link had a moment like this a couple of years ago when like we sent, we had a, we sent like uh, a bunch of people to a sales page. It was like card open, right? And we sent email card open and the button was wrong. It was like a completely wrong price point. And you know, that's like people are waiting. It was like a wait list launch. It was like an early action bonus. And I had this moment where I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, cause you know, how many people hit the page, saw the price point and then bounced, you know? So you don't know that you can't quantify it. And yet I'm not the one in charge of sales pages anymore. But mm. when I was a solopreneur, I was right. And I tested those buttons and whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, we got it fixed within like a few minutes, but it was one of those things where it was been so easy to just be like, why did you test the button? You know, yeah. but I was like, but that's on me because we didn't have a conversation. Yes. So he should have just known. No, I should have been like, Hey. And so it just was a good learning moment for the two of us to be like, Hey, you know what? I take responsibility. I know that, yes, like we haven't had this conversation, but now we've had this conversation, we'll test all buttons from here on out, right? Like, but you don't know until something goes wrong sometimes. Mm. So you have to, as easy as it could be like, oh, like you messed up the launch or whatever you want to say, it's my business, right? So at the end of the day, I take responsibility for that. And I'm not going to fire him because he missed one little thing, right? Mm. It's like, okay, this alerts us as a team that it's something you have to work on here. It's a system or an automation that you haven't taken care of. Yeah, that's huge. That's so big. Like, I, I think that's so important and so great and I really appreciate like all your insight (laughs) on this is there anything else like you think is like we might have skipped over or missed in terms of like who you need to become and the things that you need to address if you want to you know build your business and have this successful online business from you know whether it is like starting in the gym and just getting into online coaching or scaling your online coaching business. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? I mean, you kind of said earlier, but I will say this, and I know obviously that you mentor people in this too. Like you need to get mentorship, you know, Mm. that's one of the non-negotiable things. And it's funny because to me, it's like a cheat code. Like everyone who's successful has a coach. Yeah. And yet the people who are the least likely to, to hire coaches are beginners and the people who need it the most. It's so funny. Right. And so, and it's, it's fine, but realize that, it's a cheat code for a reason. There's yeah. a reason why you talk to someone like yourself and you're like, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on mentorship in the last few years. That's not coincidence. Mm. And so I will say that. I know you mentioned that earlier, but I will say, you know, even at where we're at, we still always have coaches. We still always have mentors. We're still always working on something specific in the business. So yeah. who has that thing that I need to know right now? And how much do I have to pay them to get access to that playbook? Yeah. And so I would just say, like, for those of you guys listening and, you know, following Kayla, like, make sure that you guys are, you know, obviously you're in her programs and things like that, but make sure that you know that that's sort of a non-negotiable next step. 100%. And, and look at it in a way that, you know, if you value mentorship, your clients are going to value that mentorship as well, right? Like, what are you there for? You're there to help your clients get results quickly. Everybody knows that they need to train and eat well like if they want to get the body of their dreams but why don't they do it it's because it's because they don't have like is there something underlying that you need to help them with and that they can you can give them mentoring on as well because you can like you know everyone knows how to give a training plan and and an eating plan or whatever it is but it's like how do people actually get the results? And it's the people that have a coach, right? Like that's why you're here. That's why you're here for your clients is because you know 
that having a coach is going to get them their results quicker and better and more efficiently and not doing like all these crazy things and and avoiding the mistakes that the person who is like that you've made right and and us as well like avoiding the mistakes that we've made you know we can help you and our mentors as well helping us avoid those mistakes so it's almost like yeah that compounding of like you know being able to collapse time and and reach that quicker because yeah you can do it yourself but like how many hours, how many times you're gonna years f- were you waste like trying to piece it together yourself yeah. and i also add like an additional sort of caveat to this especially in the states like we're in a recession right now and there's a lot of talk around like we have mass inflation and and scarcity around money if you are operating in scarcity and you're worried that like your clients aren't going to have the money to pay you show them it's safe by you paying someone mm-hmm. right like that's the thing is like if you want people to invest in you and you want them to feel safe mm. investing in you as a coach show them that you're still investing and that you're not like to bring it all in and being in this like place of scarcity Hoarding. because that just reinforces them it's not safe to invest yeah so yeah i mean definitely if you are investing you should be talking about your investments especially if because your clients may have never invested before mm. so not only are you selling your plan or you're selling your program but you're now selling the concept of investing yeah and so you need to be walking your walk big time at a hundred percent it totally like it gives it gives you that uh like that authority as well it's like you know, I'm going, like leaders go first, like leaders go first, even when there isn't evidence that something's going to work, right? If you don't have evidence, you know, first of all, say you're getting into the online space of people paying you, you go first, there's your evidence, like you've invested in yourself, you're, you're paying like whatever that you value, like to invest in something that you value, so there's your evidence. People pay because you paid. Like yep. you are your own evidence. So yep, I think totally. that's super important. And I love that you brought that up, especially like so timely right now, you know, talking about the recession and also talking about, you know, Christmas time and, and people dropping off over Christmas time. Like I said to one of my other coaches as well is that, you know, this is the time when you need a coach the most. Like the hard times is when you need a coach. Like don't just, you, you don't just invest when times are good, right? Like invest when times are, are tough because that's when you actually need the support the most okay. because, you know, your mind goes to crazy places and you just have that safe anchor, that person that is that safe anchor for you to just bring you and be like, it's okay. Like yep. everything passes. Yep. It's all going to pass. So yep. I, I yeah I really love that conversation thank you Jill um you can find Jill at Jill fit um on Instagram is there any any other places that people can find you just, it's just jillfit.com and jillfit on all the socials so if you guys are interested in connecting would love to hear from you where you're at and what you're up to and that's pretty much it but thank you so much for having I think we could definitely talk all day yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a part two yeah for sure thank you for listening to the AWPT podcast If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.